This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Back on the block. 93.7 The Ticket. Theticketfm.com is where you can find us every day, four to seven. Oops. Six. Two hours, <laughs> not three. I might be speaking something into existence, but right now we're two. Two hours a day, four to six. You can find us on the block right here, and you can join us on the block on the Sutter Hammond text line at 402-464-5685 is where you can also tap into the conversation, and you can also call in at that same number if the conversation gets really good to you, and you may be able to pop on the show. We'd love to hear from you at all times. Also, you can find us on streaming platforms. That is YouTube, Twitch, and Spotify. 93.7 The Ticket, uh, as well as On The Block. That's where we be. Um, my man Bach threw out a fishing rod. Uh, he's standing in the water. He's hunting for some bass and some fish. and He threw out a fishing rod that was kind of interesting, and I think we're going to tap in on that question right now. And that question is, if all things being perfecto, in order, divinely orchestrated, the offensive line is premier, reminiscent. I'm not saying it's like back in 94, 95, yeah, 95. Yeah. No, I'm not, we're not going back to the pipeline. But I'm saying if they're, you know, they got a little spunk. They got a little dry. They got a little power. They're getting a little leverage. They're moving some bodies a little bit. They're, they're you know, if you're playing tug of war, the tug of war uh, flag is moving in the other direction towards the, uh, you know, the touchdown uh, end zone for Nebraska, okay? That line is upper tier in the Big Ten, which is tough in the Big Ten. When oh, you're yeah. looking at Michigan, Iowa, yeah. you know, you just go down, even Minnesota, you just keep going down the line. It's good. What would be your prediction? Sutter Heyman, text line is open at 402-464-5685. I'm going to toss it to Bach. I'm throwing the fishing rod out. I'm catching the biggest bass in the lake or in the river stream. Matter of fact, salmon probably. <laughs> but, Bach, how you feel about it, how you see it, how you view it, what do you think? Well, offensive line is my biggest concern for this team. That was the case before this past weekend when uh, uh, guard Norton Noelli uh, announced that he's uh, not going to be able to play this upcoming year. He's going to have to sit a year out and lose a season of eligibility. Um, I felt like he was their probably best offensive lineman outside of uh, of Cam Jurgens there late in the season. He started the final seven games and was pretty consistent. Now you don't uh, have him to, to lean on a little bit there. So it's, uh, I, I, it's the biggest question mark for me. And – 
I, I'm still kind of at that 500 type of, you know, 500 or, or worse, to be honest with you, type of projections for the Nebraska football team because that's what I've seen over the last several years. Um, and I, I, I think that the offensive line and special teams last year were borderline disastrous. I mean, there's bad, you know, there's strong teams that struggle. There's, you know, bad. And then there's disaster. And, you know, they were pretty close to that. And I, I, I've said it over and over again, but I believe it that I, I was pretty impressed with Nebraska's offense was able to do with the offensive line that they had. And I think that you're heading toward another season of that, but with a quarterback that's going to be able to that going to you hopefully take less shots than Adrian Martinez was able to because part of his game is that he's you know he's a big guy he can take some of those hits and you can uh, run him up the middle several times a game. I don't think you have that uh, with new quarterback Casey Thompson. So I think that the offensive line problem could be even worse. The hope is that all these guys kind of get better. And if that did happen, I feel great about the depth at running back and wide receiver and quarterback and tight end. So I feel like if you if you give me that, I feel like the defense can kind of um, you know move on from last year I think there's a few losses that's going to make it quite as good but you know if you got similar result out of the defense I do think you could win eight or nine games with a, a solid offensive line but I don't necessarily project that and that's why I'm a little bit worried about finishing close to 500 and, and fighting for a bowl game is that offensive line it's got an uphill battle maybe Donovan Riola um, maybe that's all you needed was an Riola in play to, to kind of get him going uh, and, and, and critique it and, and, and work on all those you know there's a lot of depth there on the offensive line as well um, for what it's worth, it's just not a whole lot of, of proven stuff there. And that's, you know, I, I, I'm just concerned. I think that that's, that's where my, my ultimate holdup for this team is, and it took another punch in the gut this, this past weekend. I mean, listen, we had an opportunity at, you know, BP with DP to sit down with oh, yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday morning pancakes. And, you know, Brent Banks and, you know, Nerd and Newley, they, they, they didn't give us – they did a really good job, let me just say that, because I was really kind of probing them a little bit. I was trying to get a little inside scoop and into, uh, you know, Coach Riola and, and to see kind of how they're talking and what type of conversations they're having in there and, you know, what is the, 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 the behind-the-scenes motivation that's, you know, sparking everybody's motor. And they were very tactical in their, in their conversation. Oh, Kudos yeah. to them. Very good. Um, but – you know, losing Newly, Newly, Nuridin. Yeah, just call him Nuri. That's it. That's Nuri. Losing Nuri is going to be tough. I mean, that is a that is a hard loss. Um, I hate that for him as well. I mean, because he was definitely emerging. Uh, I'm sure he was looking forward to this specific season. Oh yeah, uh, the turnaround opportunity that was available there. But um, again, they're going to have to take a next up mentality hopefully they'll draw inspiration for what cam was able to do hopefully they a lot of them were able to observe his worth ethic and his his drive and and his abilities to grow and develop and what that looked like and 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 take that into account that an opportunity is available to them and who's going to take it who's going to want it who's going to be the one that's going to uh emerge as leader of that of that that pack in that room and and inspire the whole crew to basically get it done. I mean, I remember like back in the day, it didn't matter. I mean, if a guy went down, you know, you can shift. I think one of the things we did learn is that um, in, in my conversation with them is that it's not they're not specific in their training on the line, meaning you're not right tackle. 
you're everything basically. You're yeah. learning. You're learning right guard, left tackle. You're learning every aspect of that, and that's good because it, it gives you a wholesome approach as to what the line is going to be doing, what they're trying to accomplish, what they're trying to do. And if anything happens, or any fill-ins are needed, or if someone is not performing, that you have the ability to shift and move people into specific positions. I thought that was pretty interesting in learning what they're trying to do there on the line. And so hopefully they can get it done. My prediction is if they're – I think if they're able to, like I said, have movement that's going – I mean, it doesn't have to be pancakes mm-hmm. like it used to be. I mean, I just – any movement in the in the positive direction. And, and I think if you can get 2.7 to 3 seconds, which is, which is difficult – but if you can get that, then that gives Casey a step up to give more time, a slide to give more time, to give more development on their routes, and to be able to find guys that are maybe, you know, if they're blitzing or if they're whatever. And if they can pick up those things, give them a little bit more time, I think they'll find that they'll have success. But for definitely it's got to be movement. I think if they can get into play action this year where where you you know you're getting that four – you know, 4.5 yards a carry, then you got something, you know, then you've got to bring guys in and down and uh, linebackers have to move up a little bit. And, you know, guys have to begin to come down from that safety position, which opens up more lanes where I think they've got a good receiving core to be able to exploit. That's my thoughts. So I'm looking at maybe, I'm still looking at that seven, five, eight, four. Yeah. I'm in that range. Yeah, if that happens, uh, and I, I think too, you know, the the offensive line looked good in the spring, um, but the, the their counterpart, the defensive line, was pretty beat up. But either way, um, maybe that's not exactly the defensive lines you're going to be playing in the fall. But at least to get that confidence rolling and to, to kind of get the, uh, you know, to kind of see it out there on the field uh, might work for him. And they do. They, I mean, there's a lot of depth on this. There's a lot of guys that you can go to to fill in for Norris spot here, including guys that have started before and Trent Hickson and Ethan Piper. Hickson looked like he was going to be the center. Maybe this changes that. Um, you know, Brant Banks is another option there as, as we're talking about guys that, uh, you know, right now he's kind of playing tackle. So, um, but like you said, maybe it's more of an idea of, of you know, we're going to take the best five and I don't care uh, what they've been playing at. We'll, we'll just kind of work those guys in. And I think it puts especially a little bit more of an emphasis on the offensive line additions that they had in the portal. I, I think that those guys, um, for whatever reason, maybe it's because they're not um, – maybe it's because the position isn't sexy. Uh, maybe it's because the offensive line has struggled. Maybe it's because they're not, like, the highest-rated um, guys coming in. But I thought out of the transfer portal, um, Kevin Williams uh, was a little bit overrated or overlooked. Hunter Anthony a little bit overlooked. And, and, and may, man, maybe part of it is just kind of the idea when you project forward, you didn't necessarily have them as starters – um, maybe one of those guys can fill in and, and be that answer for the loss of Nuri. But, um, you know, I, I think if you look at the Scott Frost tenure so far, you hope it all changes with Mark Whipple coming in and, 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 and you know, switching things around. But it's hard for any offensive coordinator if you can't get a traditional run game going uh, and you can't pass protect. And that's been the story of the Scott Frost era is it's been a lot of quarterback run because the traditional run isn't working 
and you know, passing the passing game as a whole has been suspect. Whether you want to blame that on Adrian, his happy feet is is you know prone to making errors, or the fact that he was playing behind an offensive line that didn't really give him much of a choice. Uh, you know, many of those games. Um, you know, it, it kind of depends on where you fall there. But again, I, I I keep going back to the fact that you know, yes. Casey Thompson, I think, is a much better passer than Adrian ever was, um, but he doesn't have as much of a dual threat component to his game, and he can't take as many hits. Um, so you're going to have to get that traditional running game going a little bit more um, because he's simply just not going to be a big part of the running game in my mind. Yeah, um, and ultimately, I think what's going to be interesting to watch is Who's going to emerge out of the backfield? I mean, is it going to be a big bruising back? Is it going to be that kind of in the middle type of guy? Or is it going to be going back to the small scat? Or are they going to use a combination? How do they, I'm, I'm interested to see what style of run game they're going to use. I mean, for me, I think if you can get back to having success in – in moving the moving the line by, by you know those zone blocking schemes and you've got movement where those those runners can find that hole and be able to pop through it and and get some success out of that i i that gets or 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 getting back to i mean cuz i don't know if they're going to run out of shotgun i probably assume that they are uh but if they can get back to just getting off them tackles and 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 getting off in them good inside run leads and stuff like that where they can get movement, I think you can have success because then that just opens up so many things in your scheme. Um, you know, what their route combinations I, – I always thought that Scott was good at that. Their route combinations that were very – opened up the tight end position. And that's another thing. I'm, I'm interested to see where the tight end is going to – you know, who's going to emerge out of that group yeah. uh, because right now there's just – we just don't know. Yeah, they're pretty beat up uh, from the yeah. spring. Charles Vokalek, I think, is is who you'd expect to, um, but I don't think he has the ceiling that Austin Allen did. So I think that's kind of yeah. a, a drop off in weaponry there um, for this new offense and the new offensive look. But uh, you know, at, at over at, over time, Mark Whipple has, has used his his tight ends when he's had some good ones uh, in you know well. So we'll see if that becomes a, a bigger part of the offense. It was quite quite a big piece yeah. last year, but yeah, um, yeah. Who knows? Sutter Heyman text line. Yeah. Let, let's let's hear from you. Uh, 402-464-5685. Where do you think, if all things being perfecto, that the line is getting it done in pass blocking as well as some movement up front, where do you think the Huskers land? I mean, do you think do you think it's outlandish to say with the schedule that they have that 10-2 is, is out there? 9-3? I think it's a big jump for... Four years. We're not, talking about perfect, though. We're yeah, talking yeah. about perfect. Not, not, not what we know and yeah, what we expect. Not what we expect. But what I mean, we're talking if about the, the perfect line, line situation. Solid, yeah. But see, then, so perfect line situation. I think I find myself still at that seven, five, eight, and four. Here's why: because I still don't know what the defense is going to give me. I know what the de- I know what the linebackers are going to give me. I don't know what my safeties are got because they're you know got because there's we just don't know what leadership is going to emerge out of that safety position which is a which is a major part. I mean you go back and look at the Tony Velans, the mentors, you you know the those types of safeties back in the day oh, yeah. that basically ran the whole ship, you know, even Toby Wrights and just those safety cores have been really tough and they're good. Um but then their cornerbacks, you you think you can see something there, but 
are they going to get pressure? Is it going to be four, you know, rush four pressure? You know, or are they going to need blitz, blitz packages that are going to be intricate? Is it going to be zone blitz packages? What I know they're going to throw a mix of them, but how are they going to be able to get a consistent pressure on the quarterback? If they can get back to old school up front four, where they don't have to do a whole bunch in the in in and then your zone and then your then your blitz packages just become like cherries on the top because you're just oh, like yeah. are we shifting left are we going to have to you know put two on Oshawn Mathis and then boom a blitz package comes from a safety or a corner from the weak side and you're boom you know you got a fumble and stuff like that i just don't know that's where i'm a little bit kind of hesitant to go into that 10 you know, that nine range area because I just don't know defensively what type of movement's going to happen up front yet. I still don't know where that's going to be secure. Yeah, my biggest concern on the defense, too, is more about stopping the run. I think the pass yes. rush is definitely better. Um, O'Shawn Mathis will bring that to the table, and I think just his presence is going to help boost, uh, you know, kind of Nelson and, 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 you know, all the other guys have the opportunity because I think O'Shawn Mathis will attract attention, sometimes double teams or, uh, you know, kind of the running back staying in to, to help with him, uh, and, and that can open up things uh, for the rest of the guys rushing the passer. It's, it's stopping the run, which – Again, has been hit and miss in, in the Frost era, and, and, and Shenander's done a good job of getting his defenses better. Um, but you just kind of wonder if they if they have, you know, Damian Daniels, is another guy. Again, there's, it doesn't take just be the second round draft picks to be guys that they're going to miss. I think I think Daniels is a guy um, that you could could have ran a lot more three four with him, and you know that kind of changes your scheme entirely. Um, certainly, a guy that that ate up bodies in space and, and helped in the in defending the run. Um, I don't know if they have that sort of package in play that's going to allow, you know, Henrich and, and, and Luke Reimer to, to, you know, fill those holes and get those tackles. Um, so certainly that's part of it. I want to go to the uh, starter Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. Space Cadet says, do you think that losing uh, Nori is really going to hurt us that bad? In my eyes, the line is definitely our weak link, but in all honesty, I may be pushing it. I won't be happy with less than nine wins considering the schedule. Um, so, I mean, I know there are fans out there that like like Space Cadet that want to see a massive improvement, not just, you know, skate by and get to a bowl game somewhere in the six or seven win category that we've kind of been probably projecting or thinking that they might get to. Um, do you see that as, as asking for too much in, in year five now for Scott Frost? A nine win season? Yeah. I think it is. Asking too much? I think it is. Yeah. I think I you're think, jumping from three wins with a lot, you know, a big and, change. And I, you know, I understand, you know, I understand when you look on paper, but I also understand, and this is synonymous across all sports. I think that foundational keys that hold up your house, that hold up your building, that hold up your team are still so important. Yeah, And with so much turnover, the establishings of those hierarchies and those leadership roles, and that takes time. You know, you have to, you know, yes, it can, it can happen, but there are rarity to where it happens. It's not like something that happens all the day, all the time. That's why I said you can't really have a tremendous turnover like you had this year and have it next year again. Mm-hmm. They've already had it, I would say, venture to say in three seasons of his tenure. Where it, when they first came, um, 
maybe the Stanley and a Zigbo group. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of leftover Mike Riley guys. Yeah. yeah just it, so then you, I think in three seasons to include last year, they uh, I would venture to say that you had these tremendous turnovers, and it's tough now that you're also having another leader at the quarterback position, and you have a new OC where you're trying to understand. Yes, they're trying to keep semblance on the you know the terminologies and stuff, but there there's still just some unknowns in that, and and those foundational pieces is what holds up the ship. You know what I mean? It, it 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 locks in. It keeps the ship from sinking when you know you've got those foundational pieces to keep it together. And that's what I don't know. That's the that's the kind of question mark in this whole thing for me. Well, and that's you know you hear it every year when you're going into year two of an offensive coordinator. So just because you're going into year one, you know, you're, or maybe a sneak peek to hopefully what happens with Mark Whipple coming in year two is you'll hear the guys say, "Well, yeah, now this this you know this." fall program or this spring program is much better time period than where we were last year with install and all that stuff. Cause you're building off of it. You have the foundation um, right now. Like you said, they're just kind of setting the foundation. Hopefully everybody is kind of coming along at the same time. A lot of new pieces coming in, knowing all these different offenses. Uh, it's going to take some time to gel. And that's why I do mm-hmm. think, think that it's, it's good. Nebraska's got, um, you know, certainly a, a pretty difficult stretch to end the year. Um, but to open up other than Oklahoma, you don't have too much to to worry about. You have some time to kind of gel and get together. And not, not say not worry about it in terms of losses. We've seen this team can lose to anybody. Um, but you need to. Uh, but at least it's it's a little bit light on the schedule in in the in the front um, to kind of try to get to midseason form right. by midseason um, because it it should take some patience for people here. Uh, JP says off the text line: Would nine wins be too much to ask after five years? If you answered the same question when Frost was hired, how things have changed. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was the expectation. For what it's worth, <laughs> Bill Callahan won nine games here. Mike Riley won nine games here. It doesn't take uh, an absolute genius or, you know, somebody at the top of the profession to win nine games at Nebraska. Now, Scott Frost, you could argue, um, probably inherited a, a bigger, you know, from a, of a worse spot or a, a deeper hole than those guys did. Um, but, I, you know, it, it's, it is, it is what it is. I, I, I agree with you. It, it's, it's kind of sad to look back on, but we lived through it. we know the sadness. We yeah. live the sadness. Uh, and it, it's just, it's, it, it's a big, big jump to get to nine wins. That's why I say when I, when I predict six wins, people come at me saying I'm being negative. I'm doubling their win total from last year. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm giving them the highest win total since Frost has been here. If they get to six and I understand that might not be enough and that might not be what you want. Uh, ultimately it's not what I want ultimately either, but um, you know, sometimes people can make drastic turnarounds, but a lot of times it's, it's steps. And I think that what you're looking for in the very least is steps toward that for Scott Frost and this program this upcoming year. Absolutely. Unfortunately, we got to take a break right now on 93.7 The Ticket. The Ticket FM.com. You're on the block. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about a new system out in the ACC. And will it be possible that other conferences would adopt the same method? We'll come back and talk about that right after. Thank you for tapping in and being with us here on the block. We'll be right back after this. 